Hello, welcome to uh, Pedal Hunters, the uh, podcast you're currently listening to. Joined by always is my uh, friend and fellow follower of Christ, uh, Liam. Hello, praise the Lord, pass the ammunition. Welcome to Gale Boys, ladies and gentlemen. And um, right off the bat, this is going to be a fucking gross episode. So uh, if you have problems with um, us talking about child sex abuse and people just being assholes... Uh, I would just leave because this is gonna this is gonna start ugly and it's just gonna get worse. So, <laughs> but we have a lot of show to get to. I'm very excited. I haven't been this punchy to do an episode in a while because this is our Sound of Freedom episode, where we're gonna get all into it and how fucking awful, awful the people behind this film are. But let's get into the news. <laughs> It never ends, this shit. So, my country fucked up really bad. Really fucking bad. I'm sure everyone has seen this. Uh, so, the Canadian House Speaker came out, and there was a 98-year-old man. I don't even, I can't even find his name, but yeah, he's 98 years old. He came out, they introduced him as a hero, Ukrainian, fighting against the Russians. I have here in the chamber today, Ukrainian-Canadians, Ukrainian-Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. And then someone does a quick Google search and finds out this guy worked for the SS. Ukrainian who fought against the Russians in World War II, those alarm bells immediately rang <laughs> in my head. Because if you know anything about like Ukraine and that certain time, the, 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 there wasn't like multiple factions. It wasn't like Call of Duty, but there's multiple no, factions no. going on. It's not actually just the communists or the Nazis. You, you, you're fighting on one of those two sides, and this this hundred year old fucking mummy was like, it, it wasn't as if he was like briefly aligned with the Nazis, like um like a Ukrainian auxiliary or something. No, he was actually like in the SS. Yeah. Like no, like this guy fucking round up Jews and buried them alive in pits. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, he yeah declared he also openly declared allegiance to Hitler. Now, Grant, I love how they tried to minimize this whole thing. It's like he was only eighteen when he joined. Yeah, but he's part of the fucking SS guys. You know, and like a lot of Nazis flee the country after the war ends. He ends up here, and God, he must. It's just the and the way they tried to double down. They really tried to like not make him look as bad as he as he probably is. I mean, again, there's no hard proof, but I mean, you're part of the SS in '42. Yeah, you you probably were parlayed to some bad shit. But anyway, it's a fucking disaster. The speaker had to resign. We all look like idiots, and just it's a great example of why I hate the government in my country because it's it's this. It really is the male feminist meme come to life because you yeah. have, they're trying so desperately to appeal how progressive they are. And it really is like a perpetual machine. You say you're progressive and the next thing you know, you're giving a Nazi a standing ovation. The funny thing about non-German Nazis, like Ukrainians, Romanians, uh, Hungarians, is that uh, more often or not, they actually turned out to be worse than the Germans. Yeah. It was something like the Iron Guard Romania, openly fascist Nazi collaborationist party. Oh. They were so brutal that the fucking SAS had to take them aside and say, look, um, we know you're into this whole Jew killing thing, but could you like tone it down for a bit? <laughs> that's fucking amazing. Like, that's just, yeah, the SS thinks you're too fucking crazy. And it's just, I just want to shit talk Trudeau a bit more. It's so funny to me that he has this reputation. He's, he's tried to cultivate this reputation. I'm a progressive 
prime minister and everything's great. Meanwhile, his wife fucking hates him. His cabinet members hate him. And it's just, a, we also have those problems with India right now, and just everything's yeah. falling the fuck apart. Just like it's Ch fucking... likes pulling the Macron thing, but he's like, look, I know I suck, I know everyone hates me, but the guy to, like, the right of me, who's my main opponent, is, like, vastly worse. So, yeah, um, pick one motherfucker, right, the Macron, Kodos thing. But Macron fucking owns it, at least. He doesn't try to make himself... Like sim he doesn't try to make himself cool or anything. Like that's what Trudeau tried for a long time. Macron's yeah. like, yeah, I'm an asshole. So what? And everyone, you gotta, gotta, you gotta. You, I don't like Macron, but you gotta respect a guy who openly calls, he admits he is a piece of shit. So, but it's just, oh, it's so frustrating and uh, it's embarrassing. But uh, it was a good laugh. It's one of those great moments of bipartisan mockery. Doesn't matter which yeah. side of the line you're on. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, everyone comes together to stab uh, in this idiot. But yeah. speaking of uh, pieces of shit, another story I wanted to talk about is um, friend of the show Kevin Spacey has um, been compromised by the deep state. Why don't you just get down on your knees where you really belong? Back off, Frank. Because the only thing you're going to get from me is come on your feet. Yep, he's been Kev Kevin Underwood has officially been Kevin Underwooded. So, uh, <laughs> uh, God damn it! But. Uh, <laughs> Did, did you actually see the uh, final season of that show? I did not. I I had no. <laughs> I, I I mean I mean at that point I mean I I was interested in it, but like not knowing he's not in it, and it's just it just was a mess. I think anyone really saw it. I know some people did, but I sure shit didn't. I didn't see all of it, but I watched the first episode where he gets like killed off screen, and it's uh, very amusing. Yeah, I get why they did it. I mean, no one's judging them yeah. for that. It's like, but but uh, it's so funny to me that. Kevin Spacey's been hit. The saga of his post career has been so fucking bizarre. He ran to France. He's multiple people who've accused him of sexual assault have been killed mysteriously. He made those weird uh, Christmas YouTube videos for a while. Yeah, we've been uh, thinking about doing a deep dive into him as another of our like deep dive series. Uh, I think that'd be like very fitting after doing Steven Seagal because um, <laughs> Kevin Spacey is doing like DTV shit now so uh, i i would it's say really I, I can't wait because there is that mm. picture of him with it and if you can uh if, if y'all look this up he has a sniper rifle and he looks <laughs> bloated like coke bloated like he's it's been a rough couple of years for him because he's gained a shitload of weight and his face yeah. is all fucking greasy he looks like the pedophile he actually is now it's it's you know he's owning it god bless him he, he reminds me of a uh, papa john and that uh interview Day of Reckoning or whatever. I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. Living currently in Mark Shapiro should be in jail. He has no pizza experience. Stay tuned. The Day of Reckoning will come. The record will be straight. Why not set the record straight now? I mean, what is it about the record? <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, I fucking love that Papa John's interview. And the fact that came out, like, right before COVID hit, <laughs> fucking brilliant just brilliant like oh god and just yeah but uh yeah kevin spacey's uh i would be very funny when he dies with the obituaries are gonna read like i can imagine he's just gonna be like completely whitewashed from the uh oscar um obituaries yeah. He's like Kevin Spacey. Who's that? They have to. They fucking have to. There's just... Speaking of Hollywood being uh, insane, uh, the white writer's strike has finally ended after five months. Five months and 
it just ended. Like there was no triumphant fucking. It just hey, it's over. Woo, we go back to work now. Yeah, because there is this like vague self awareness that like yes, we've gotten um, we've gotten some concessions from these uh these Hollywood producer assholes like Iger and um stuff. But you can tell that this whole agreement is on thin ice. Like fucking, I I don't know the um. Like the final details about residuals, but you could tell like, like one wrong move and it's just gonna completely fall apart again. It's so funny. Also, the uh, actor strike hasn't resolved yet, so we're not mm. back to full capacity yet. Video games, because um, they're part of the uh, SAG after have uh, just gone strike as well. So excited for that one! I'm so yeah. That's gonna be interesting to see how that turns out because um. Fucking was a CD project red like all of their staff have just gone on a strike because of um like the third round of playoffs. So it's like yeah, have fun um like milking uh Starfield for the next year because that's the fucking that's, yeah. that's that's the yeah that's oh, it. It's gonna be a dry spell for it's a while. It's so funny because I know I heard uh, uh Cyberpunk is actually good now, which yeah it took yeah, two fucking years, years I guess, but yeah. that's another thing. Video game they need they need a fucking strike. This industry. There's no way this industry could last with all the crunch and shit. Like it's a fucking. No. They will. Yeah. So I'm. I'm very excited for that. Um. Now we just need to get VFX artists to get on that fucking list, and we can really fuck these guys up. Yeah, that's been a long time coming. Like all the stories you hear about fucking people being forced to work in the Marvel Gulag. We need sixteen-hour rotating shifts to yep. get Ant-Man free out there. Taika Waititi keeps changing the script. I guess we got to do this shot again. It's. Fun. Yeah, we've. We've talked about this before on the fucking um Flash episode. Like yeah, like yeah, the Flash episode. Like video games are very much like movies. If you change one thing, you have to like change everything else. So yeah, it's um Yeah. This has been a long time coming yeah, and fucking I, I just the Marvel Gulag shit, I fucking <laughs> for, do you remember that video that Taika did for I think he did it for Vanity Fair, he basically made fun of the CGI. Does that look real? In that particular shot, no, actually. <laughs> it, it doesn't, really, right? When you look close. You need to be more blue. Well, well you know, no. but does he look real? No, none of does us. She, look she, she something looks, looks very off about this. You fucking yeah. were supposed to be in charge of this. Don't fucking, yes. you asshole. I fucking, I... Oh. That's a very, like, post-ironic thing directors do now. Like, the fucking, um... David Sandberg did that Shazam 2 and like yeah. people made fun of him to it. like your film sucks and he was like yep uh -huh, I know I made it and it's like no, a David like... Sandberg was more defeated whereas Taika thinks he's being yeah. cool whereas like Danberg I'm fucking that was hilarious I just got at least I got paid it's yeah, the most defeatist attitude I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, my shit sucks, and yeah, yeah. I fucking hate that now. It's, they're just acknowledging that your shit stinks is enough to redeem you. It's like yeah, I don't think so. I, I think, yeah, I so, think, yeah. I think so many directors are fucking uh, Twitter pilled at this point. Like, yeah. Ryan Johnson's yeah. like started that whole fucking craze, uh, and now we're seeing. It's... Yeah, I know fucking we have like the conservative version of that, like fucking Ben Shapiro is getting into movie making now, so have fun with that. Yeah, have some fucking pride, damn it. Have some pride in your goddamn work, okay? Like, it pisses me off because it's just like people work so hard on this movie and then you fucking, like, that type of you really pissed me off because he could, like, 
these guys worked their asses off because you kept changing the script. You didn't know what the fuck you're doing. And you're going to go on fucking a video and call them out like they did a shit job. You were... Ugh, hate this man. I, I'm fucking... You know what? To be fair, though, everyone makes fun of him for playing Hitler. And that, that fucking yeah. soccer movie he is doing looks terrible. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. The, the, it's the fucking uh, Subway Sandwich meme. The Subway Sandwich sucks. Uh, my brother and Chase, you asked for the sandwich. You, you made it. <laughs> So every time I hear a Subway sandwich, I just want to just picture Jared Fogle, and I just shiver. Yeah, uh-huh. I shiver. Home, folks. By the way, there will be uh, characters in this episode that are not that different from Jared Fogle, so uh, buckle up, bitches. Yeah, apparently uh, Jared is full now in prison, because that's the only way you can survive if you're a prison pedophile, if you get jacked as shit. Yeah, you, I'm sure his commissary money <laughs> is very, very nice. He can, he'll get all those, uh, all those sweet sopping recitals. He, 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 he can eat all the honey buns and ramen he wants from the comfort of his yeah. cell. That's He's under he, so he's much pretentious custody. Um, he's making... Uh, was it here grilled cheese like a full uh, That or he's living like the scene in Goodfellas where they're making dinner in prison. <laughs> That's what I. Yes. It's just all the pedophiles getting fucking uh, lobster imported. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of um, recurring evil people from Hollywood on this show, uh, this was just some funny fucking thing I saw. We used to talk shit about Brett Ratner quite a bit. Like, he's kind of our go to. Mm. Like, I've always said if Marvel, if he didn't get Me Too'd, he'd be directing every single Marvel TV show. But uh, now he's apparently a citizen of Israel, which is fucking hilarious to me. I can't remember who it was. I think it was PBS or something. They did this documentary a couple of years ago. American pedophiles flee to Israel because they have like some like weird diplomatic immunity clause. Fucking wild. I think it's also a right of return kind of thing. I think they abuse that as well because that is a real thing over there. Like, if you're Jewish, you just get, like, immediate citizenship. That's, like, been a meme in Israel for a while because they're, like, they're so obsessed with demographics because they realize that, like, the Palestinians outnumber them 10 to 1. So they need, like, a constant flow of people to deal with that, quote-unquote, demographic problem. I think Brian Singer's also there, too. So two two fucking X-Men directors have fled to fucking Israel. (laughs) Matthew Vaughn's not Jewish, either. I've heard he's a dick, so I don't know yeah. if he's a rapist, but I've heard he's an asshole, so uh, we'll see. Yeah, like most is the voice then. Yeah, but going back he's, to, uh... real quick, going back to Brett Ratner, I just, I've been reading some shit about him because I've almost wanted to do an episode on him, but his films are so uninteresting. I read this fucking great, so I read on Reddit, someone posted who worked on, um, they worked on Tower Heist, one of his movies, mm-hmm. and they described a scene that I just, I love this. So apparently he berated an assistant for like 12 minutes because Brett Ratner forgot his sunglasses in his hotel room and just had to take it out on somebody. Yes, uh, what an asshole. Uh, <laughs> Such an asshole. Yeah. Oh, no, no, imagine an entire country of those people who are just allowed to do whatever they want. You know? Woo! Yay! Makes me wonder why there was a big bombing recently. Which uh, Yeah, it makes you wonder why they're uh, being invaded straight this minute. You know, so yeah, that literally broke this morning. We're recording this on Saturday. Uh, the seventh, and uh, yeah, Israel has officially been invaded. Uh, and I, like I said, it's so funny to me because I've seen so many people posting, I stand with Israel. And like I said, as someone who, as a man who's very sympathetic to the Palestinians, I, I no, no, nah, I'm good. You guys, you reap what you sow, motherfuckers. I'm sorry. You, 
No. You asked for this. Yeah, uh, Ireland's always had a very interesting relationship with Palestine. We've always done the uh, to our handshake emoji meme of the Palestinians. We were like, yeah, um, the British fuck with us and the Israelis fuck with you. Yeah. The Brits are like the Israelis of Europe. They're the most like obnoxious, evil people you could find. Yeah. So there is like a common um, causality there. So. No, it's it's a messed up messed up it's uh but yeah there, there's not many details on the attack but we this is going to be something we'll be keeping an eye on and uh i'm very very interested to see oh but that's another thing justin trudeau condemned the attack so that's another fucking uh-huh, yeah. yeah congrats yes. like, god damn it i hate this man fuck i hate this fucking guy yeah, so much. Uh, he's he's doing like the zizek um Zionist anti-Semitism thing where you're like praising Nazis on one hand while also like dumping a bunch of guns and money into Israel. Rest in shit, Israel, um, RIP, fuck you guys. Ballard, the subject of the recent hit movie Sound of Freedom, is considering a run for U.S. Senate. Vice News reporting yesterday on sexual misconduct allegations against Ballard by seven anonymous women claiming that he invited women to share a bed or shower with him during undercover overseas missions. The article claims Ballard's exit from OUR earlier this year followed an internal investigation into the alleged misconduct. Just last night, Ballard issued a separate response to a strong statement from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, clarifying that President M. Russell Ballard, the acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and Tim Ballard no longer have a friendship. The two men are not related. That statement from the church said, quote, Once it became clear Tim Ballard had betrayed their friendship through the unauthorized use of President Ballard's name for Tim Ballard's personal advantage and activity regarded as morally unacceptable, President Ballard withdrew his association. President Ballard never authorized his name or the name of the church to be used for Tim's personal or financial interests. In response, Tim Ballard said, He is a faithful member of the church and questioned the authenticity of the church's rebuking statement, saying it had not been verified. However, KSL-TV has independently confirmed that the church did release the statement. But uh, yes, speaking of cycle pieces of shit who are also into Israel, um, the movie we're going to be talking about today. That's what's so funny about American evangelicalism, is they're like the most anti-Semitic people you can find, but they're really into Israel. Oh yeah, Mel. Well, no, probably not Mel Gibson, but uh, definitely. No, he's he's, he's no, the exception. I thought about no. no. <laughs> After that DUI arrest, not fucking happening. But uh, yeah, no. So today, yeah, I brought it up at the top of the show because this is something that we've been. I'm so happy we waited as long as we have to do this episode because a lot of things have happened since the release of this film back in July. Very, very disturbing allegations about the the, the people involved with it. Um, the the person who it's about has been disowned by his own church. It's a fucking disaster. We're talking about Sound yeah. of Freedom. Co-written and directed by Alejandro Mortaveri, produced by uh, and distributed by Angel Studios, starring our good old friend Jim Caviezel. And, uh, oh boy, this movie is a fucking... The saga of this film is so... There will be a novel written about this, or a documentary, and it's going to be riveting. Yeah, it's a shame our Vice is going to go under soon because they're the ones who are the worst one us. I've dabbed on Vice a few times. They have like this weird history that's specifically around like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So I've like, I kind of soured on them over the last few years. But they still do very good stuff. 
and their uh, Tim Ballard's um, reporting is very interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I miss back in the day when they used to go to like Liberia and interview General Butt Naked about cannibalism. That was <laughs> awesome. For those who've never seen that, that's the that guy's fascinating. Just to go off topic here, General Butt Naked, who's like a cannibal psycho warlord. Apparently, he's now a pastor, which is yeah, uh-huh. fucking. I guess I it's it's a fucking amazing story. Look up General Butt Naked if you have some time to kill. But we're a lot of what we're going to be reading uh, or post the film is this coverage, and um, it's 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 kind of not shocking when you read with the details of it. You're like, well, I mean, obviously the people who made this film are would be into this kind of shit. Yeah, and and in real life, it's like everyone involved. Tim Ballard, the guy who's like the movie is inspired by. Like multiple producers have been accused of like, touching sex trafficking victims. We've talked about QAnon before and joked about like how like ninety percent of the people who are into it are just are, are pedophiles, and it's all just like projection. This is some of the shit, and this is just like raw projection. Um, oh. So. Um, one of the reasons why we're doing this now is because this. Um, I was walking through Glasgow a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I didn't know this at the time, but it just recently got like a big release over here. I saw like advertising the side of a bus, and as soon as I saw that, I texted Liam and was like, "We have to do this fucking movie soon. We have to do this." Yeah, well, I had a similar thing. It got released here because this film didn't actually get any international distribution until recently. There's a theater here in Toronto. And I'm going to talk shit about this, these guys, uh, the Kingsway. And the fucking owner of this place is very Facebook pilled, I would say. Uh, mm. A lot of... When this film dropped, he could not stop. He would go on the fucking theater's page and, like, shit talk people who hated it. and made a complete fucking fool of himself. It's... It's... This is, like, the event of the year for... This is, like, fucking a Marvel movie for, like, <laughs> psycho fucking boomer Christians. It's amazing. Yeah, this is this is like it's like end game for uh, your maga uncle. This is um, um, this is the one film he's going to go watch this year. Half the letterbox reviews are annoying shit libs um, yeah. talking down in this movie, and the other half are like people calling them pedophiles. Because how dare you talk shit about this child trafficking movie? It's we're we're gonna get into it, but there's a lot to unpack with this. Uh, but yeah, so the the film we, we we're not really going to talk much about the film because the film itself is incredibly boring. It's not interesting. Like I, it, first of all, this movie's a hundred and thirty minutes long. That's yeah. way too long for what is ostensibly a straightforward exploitation movie. Because that's the thing about this movie that's so funny to me. It, it has this like aura aura around it, and the people are saying it's this important film that condemns child trafficking. There are so many sequences in this fucking movie of like ten year old children being caressed by fat, dirty old men. It, it, it is it is to the point where I almost feel like the the people on set were getting off on it. It's it's uncomfortable to watch, and like uncomfortable in a way that yeah, it's meant to be uncomfortable. But the amount of times the film just indulges in it really paints a fucked up picture of the people who made this thing. I watched this before you, and I was as I was watching it, I streamed this on my uh, PS4. By the way, I'm not giving this movie money. Yeah, fuck that. I but I texted either. you half. Yeah, I texted you halfway through. If I didn't know anything about this movie, I just assume it was like made by actual pedophiles because there's so many shots of like children just being fucking like caressed and fucking harassed by like fat sweaty pedophiles. We're not depiction equals endorsement guys. No. Um, 
like line of thinking is very fucking stupid, but this is like super egregious. But, this is like when, when, there's something going yeah, on here. It's the amount of times it indulges in it. Like there's nothing wrong with showing this kind of material, but there has to be. You have to kind of pull back some time. Be like, all right, we've made our point. This film just keeps doing it, and it's. And I fucking love every. There's that amazing scene in the movie that this fucking murdered me when. Uh, Jim Caviezel's watching child porn and he's just, the single tear comes down his fucking face. Yeah, this movie is so fucking, like, emotionally manipulative as well. Oh it's my like, god, if, if, if you need Jim Caviezel to tell you that, like, child sex trafficking is bad, then, like, there's something wrong with you. I did read a thing with the Caviezel. Now, like I said, this Caviezel is... Oh, we did our, we reposted our, um, our passion episode that we did two years ago. And, uh, he's gotten worse actually. Over the... We have a Republic right now and it, there's a chance we could lose it right now. We don't have a South border anymore. Our children right now are being just absolutely screwed over left and right. And we've got LGBTQ plus 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 grooming our children making abortion laws where you can now kill a baby in California 27 days after it's born. Insanity and making pedophilia easier. And I'm looking at the Christians. If Christians would just unite what we could do, but it can't happen if we don't have Christians that will answer that question from God. Will you do something? When God tells you what to do, you can't hesitate. That's what faith is. Um, there's some great clips of him on the Steve Bannon podcast, and he's like going off to the point where even Steve Bannon is uncomfortable by this. For labor, for slave labor, or is it is adrenochrome? It, uh, um, the whole adrenochrome empire. That this is a big deal. That's uh, it is under, listed under the NIH. It is uh, is a chemical compound. It's a molecular structure. Is uh, C9H9NO3. It is, uh, it, it's an elite drug that they've used for many years. It's 10 times more potent than um, uh, heroin. And um, it has some mystical qualities as far as making you look younger. Um, there's, there, there's that scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas that nobody could figure out. No, it's, I saw and that. And I tell you, th that had a big laugh. About 9% of the audience laughed. And I'll tell you, a we were- laugh? Oh, absolutely. They knew what an was going on. An insider knowing Absolutely that? what it was. And so we returned that on Sound of Freedom. Okay. And you got to hear this story. Okay. About... This is the thing with, with grifters and shit. Like when you get an actual like serious, like ideological actor in a room with a guy trying to make money, it's always fucking funny. It's, it really is what led to the Alex Jones, Kanye West interview. That, that dynamic yeah. is so fascinating. Like I just want to make money in this guy's spouting shit that's going to get me arrested. Steve Bannon, uh, known Jeffrey Epstein affiliate as well, yeah. which is very funny. No that like, that's what's so fucking to... funny about this movie is like that that photo of Tim Ballard and Caviezel with Trump as I'm screening of this. <laughs> oh, fucking Trump was on Tim Ballard's podcast, which is uh, yeah. fucking hysterical. Like for this, like, and, and we'll, we'll get into it later. But yeah, Tim Ballard um, definitely has some skeletons in his closet that are that are alone were, that make this film even more questionable. But yeah, the, the movie itself is this very, like I was talking to you off camera and I, when I was watching this, I could see shades of this movie being somewhat entertaining. Cause there's this, there's that sequence where uh, Jim Caviezel just goes full, like uh, Chuck Norris and missing an action in the jungle and knife fights some, some sex traffickers. And I'm just like, man, someone who was like way more 
self-aware and talented could have made a really fun exploitation actioner out of this this story because i mean it makes me think of like taken this is basically taken if it was taken seriously because <laughs> but you know taken's very similar it's got you know sex trafficking pedophiles but that movie knows it's an exploitation film and you know luke Besant writes it as such and you know you end up having fun with it there are times where there could have been some fun shit in this there is actually some fun little action beats here and there but it it's so fucking po-faced and just not able to have any fun with itself. It's like, it's like half like Jim Caviezel looking forlorn of a window and a half 10 year olds being harassed. Except <laughs> this like brief scene at the end where he has a knife fight with some like FARC command or in the middle of a fucking jungle. Yeah, that was the one moment of the film I was like, there, this movie woke up and had some energy. Because that's yeah. the thing about this movie. Which, which... Which is surprising, because I generally thought, like, after the Epstein Island bit, the movie would just be over. But it's like, no, there's another half an hour of this. That's what bothered me. So much of this movie is Jim Caviezel looking into camera with, like, he looks like he's going to cry. Every fucking scene in this movie. And he has that, and he has the, his hair is dyed blonde. Yeah, that awful frosty tips, yeah. Because, you know, he's, like, double the size of Tim Ballard, and doesn't have blonde hair and it's so obvious his hair has been blonde and dyed blonde <laughs> because apparently yeah. there's an interview with um the director alejandro and this guy i have no idea what his uh his thought process is because you know he directed this movie uh, he co-wrote it he seems pretty invested in it he's also not in on the game i think because he's come out and said he fucking hates jim caviezel for getting all political and there was this moment where the, Tim Bauer was talking about how, like, this movie is like, this movie is made by real Christians and, you know, hardcore, like, re, you know, people, the common man came together. And he's like, we went to fucking, like, Hollywood producers to get money for this thing. I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah, because um, you can tell he wants to be, like, a look best on. He just wants to make, like, an action movie about, uh, just, like, child sex trafficking. But these awful Mormons keep coming in and diluting his script. To the point of being just like pure propaganda. It's like, uh, I, I think it's also, yeah, I, I, for, I have no idea if he started this film with genuine intentions and then the machine took over or if he's like, because I also well, think the amount of. Well, if you, well fucking Disney allegedly um, made this movie. This, this has been sitting on some guy's shelf for about five years. Oh, so this it was. <laughs> technically got made 2017, which was the height of like all the Trump queuing on stuff. Yeah. It was the height of like Jim Caviezel going on TV and saying, Donald Trump's the second coming, everyone to do just like him as a pedophile. So uh, yeah, I can imagine the House of Mouse getting uh, cold feet over that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, so yeah, just, the amount of times this film tried to get distribution is, um, yeah, it's been on the shelf for five years. And it's, it's weird because it, it, it for a movie that was, you know, put together like this, it, it looks like a real movie. That's what's so fucked up about this film. It, Despite being this weird, like, artifact and made by these crazy people, it's a very competently shot and edited movie. Like, there's actual lighting, there's location shooting. Like, they, this guy, despite being, you know, whatever, is is seems like a competent director. I mean, Jesus. That's my biggest problem with it. It feels like an actual movie, but it's dragged down by this like incredibly poor face plot. The acting isn't very good no, either. No, Jim You've got fucking um, yeah, he's he used to be good, but now he's just like he's not phoning it in because he's like super committed to the bit. But at the same time, like, Tim Ballard is such like a two dimensional character. He, he has no interests, he has no like hobbies or anything. It's like one scene where he like hangs out with his wife. 
he has like no interest apart from saving the kids. Yeah, which is it's, uh... it's for a movie that runs this long. Uh, you, you know what else really bothers me is like this movie is so much about Tim Ballard and not about any of like the victims in this film. The children exist in this movie. The, the quote "save children" exist in this movie purely for either rape fodder or to be saved by fucking Tim Ballard. That's it. They have no character. The film never spends any time with them, and it's just. That's what really pisses me off about this movie because I'm gonna be honest, I really don't like this film because, on the one hand, it's trying to like have this message outwardly, but it's entirely a vanity project for this fucking asshole who wants to like wants to play out his action hero fantasy. Yeah, and if you know anything about um about the Operation Underground Railroad, like half the stuff they've quote unquote done is this obvious bullshit. Take credit for some sting operation, and then when you look into it, they'll turn up at the end and take all the credit. And that's, 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 as Tim Ballard, he is just like an inveterate quilt shark. If you watch this movie, that's very clear. I'm not a hero, I'm here to like save kids or whatever. But he, the, the, this movie portrays him like the second coming. Yeah. He is this fucking like, he is this flawless saint of a man who like quits his fucking lucrative job at the uh, DHS to fucking. To save all these kids, what a fucking, what a saint, what a fucking hero. That's what's so fucking frustrating is that, like I said, this movie, for all of its hurrah, is entirely a vanity project. There's no, this movie doesn't give a fuck about trafficking victims or the children. Like, that's the funniest part. There were actual trafficking organizations and survivors coming out against this film, calling it bullshit, and they got fucking harassed by the fucking... Crazy QAnon people. It's like fucking. Yeah, because that's uh, a plot point in this movie is that uh, Jim Caviezel solves child, uh, child sex trafficking by going up to uh, pedophiles and be like, hey, can you guys get us a bunch of kids? It's fucking. It's such like circular bullshit. It's, yeah. he, he builds like his own fucking like Epstein hotel. We need 50 kids. Could you get them for <laughs> us? And I can imagine like. I imagine you're some like ten year old fucking like Colombian kid who's just like walking down the street and you get abducted solely as part of this like five day chesting operation. That's what these people just don't understand. You're you're feeding this fucking beast by taking part in it. I fucking love how apparently he had to like the film shows he has a fake wife and they have to like do some shit. Well, why do you have to have a bring your wife to buy children? I don't understand yeah. that aspect of the movie at all. For all of like QAnon and all the fucking right wingers, they hate the mainstream media. They hate Hollywood. Their brains, they think of everything as a fucking feature film. They think every fucking like local sex trafficker has a fucking Epstein mansion. They operate out of these massive compounds when really it's just like low rent. Like human trafficking is very simplistic in how it's done. It's not a. It's not like an action movie business where they're operating out of a mansion. There's armed guards and secret bunkers and shit. It's that's so fucking rare. The closest we yes. have is fucking Epstein. That's it. Like, yeah, Epstein is like the only one to have like a like child sex island. Uh, child sex trafficking is, is mostly like confined to fucking cargo ships and fucking the like back alleys it's not like this yeah. grand fucking it's like prostitution. That, that's what's so funny about um the end of this movie. When he says that, like, um, child sex trafficking is a bigger business than drug running, no. <laughs> which I don't think is no. true. Like, all the Epstein stuff aside, unless you're selling kids to rich people, I can't imagine there's, like, that much demand for 
for stuff like that. Your, your average pedophile isn't some like high floating billionaire that's like it's just some loser in sweatpants. Yeah, and very few pedophiles actually like engage in child rape. A lot of them just use child pornography. It's usually safer if you have encrypted shit. You know, if you watch enough documentaries and shit, you like the little uh, weasel figure who gets um who gets owned by uh, Ballard in the cafe. He drops one of my favourite lines in like, any action movie. I thought I trusted you, man. Never trust a pedophile. <laughs> you, 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 you will not be hearing that as an action uh, one-liner quote anytime that soon. That was actually... That's what I mean. There's shades of there being a fun movie in here if this movie wasn't so fucking... This movie didn't come from fucking poison stock but i've always found the cognitive dissonance like with they hate hollywood yet this movie is so clearly aping like they really do think taken's real they think there's like a basement where they just auction off kids that kidnap off the street it's like that scene in get out where they're just having the fucking um, <laughs> black guy auction yeah <laughs> no but that's that's genuinely like what you're like your average fucking chump enthusiast think happens but um it's so fucked up that, that's what most... that's what's so fucking funny about this movie is you, you I, I expected this to be like more of an anti-hollywood anti-epstein movie but no the fucking bad guys are like communist guerrillas oh hiding God. it with the fucking when i saw the fucking like fart thing because tim ballard's really obsessed with like, rescuing this one girl in particular yeah and when i saw that the fucking like one of the mexican guys was handing her off to fark if you don't know who Fark is, they're the um, like communist guerrillas that are like based out in the um, Colombia, yeah, uh, Colombia. Yeah, Fark are terrorists. They engage in like gun running, uh, drug smuggling to like finance all their bullshit. The one thing they don't do is like sex traffic kids. No, that's that, that, that's actually the, the one thing they don't do. But hey, you need um, anti-communism and you're an anti-pedo maybe. I think the biggest, just to go back there, uh, the biggest, uh, I think the biggest markets, it's it's guns, drugs, and exotic animals, surprisingly. Oh yeah, fucking Pablo Escobar loved his hippos, man. Yeah. He yeah, had that... like a fucking garden full of them. Oh yeah, no, exotic animals, uh, particularly meat to eat as well. Like that's a huge, like sex trafficking is, it's mostly, again, aligned with prostitution. That's usually, but... Fucking that that whole thing. I because I saw you sent that. I'm like, no way this movie's that fucking overt. It is that fucking overt. The evil Colombian communist. It's so funny because I think they dissolved in 2017, right when this film was getting made. They're so like vaguely around. There's Marxist guerrillas fighting the Colombian government. Yeah, FARC isn't a thing anymore. No, they're, they're, they they watched dissolved as this movie came out. It's so funny because we're talking a lot about the film, but the movie itself, the way it's constructed, just isn't interesting. Like again, for all the fun having FARC the villains and having all these insane stealth, let's infiltrate the pedophile hotel. There's the film itself is just so not interesting outside of a few yeah. handfuls of scenes. The, the only time I laughed is it, and is, is um when Bill Camp, who's like some ex drug kingpin, is talking to Gavizel oh, and the um hotel they're setting up. Name. I want to read his name real quick before his name. Vampiro, which is fucking. <laughs> that is, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, this is just a Marvel movie. This is, this uh... is just Billy Camp could play a man named Vampiro in the next Captain America movie. I'd seriously. He's talking about his origin story about like why he's in the rescuing kids, and it's because like a couple of years ago he fucked a fourteen year old that he thought was like a twenty one year old, and it's like, dude, come on, there's like a world of difference between like Jesus like thirteen year old kids and like twenty year olds. 
like could you not tell come on man but, um, like jesus he does the fucking um one of my favorite uh day-to-day bits i had to kill the pedophile inside of me to be truly free uh <laughs> this is this is another thing this movie's so steeped in there's a lot of religious overtones to this movie because i think ballard is a mormon he's not actually an evangelical yeah. christian just to, one more thing with bill camp here the he drops the fucking... I love this in any fucking movie, and the way they do it in this film is fucking hysterical, where um, the kid is doing the drums, and fu- he just comes in the back. You hear that? That's the sound of freedom. And I just... Uh-huh, yeah. That's the point I imagine all the boomers in the audience were clapping. woo that was That was the Marvel-like moment where everyone gets up and... Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's the uh, DiCaprio pointing at the screen moment. That's, oh my uh, god, it's so fucking yeah. dumb. The religious overtones are heavy in this, to the point where it really does feel like this is an ad for the Mormon church. We haven't talked about Mormonism that often. We've like, talked about Scientology and stuff, but Mormonism is the quintessential American religion. Yeah. Because it's basically this like, weird cross between like Protestantism and um, Islam. It's like, yeah, you um, when you die, uh, not only do you go to heaven, but you become like, the god of your own little heaven. You become like a quasi-god, and it does like the Islam thing of like, yeah, you can have as many wives as you want. Yeah. Isn't that cool? For those who don't know, look up Warren Jeffs, everyone, for uh, for those who, <laughs> if you want to. I know not all Mormonism is like that, but that is the most famous example. Of polygamy is huge in Mormonism. But, and when we get into Ballard, he took that to heart pretty fucking well. Um, mm. but, yeah, no, Mormonism's always fascinated me because... Um, it's also very American because uh, the the founding of a Joseph Smith basically told the church, "Fuck you, I'm starting my own," and that's exactly what he did. That's that's a true American success story. Fuck this company, I'll build my own. He's like a real con man starts his fucking grove spanning uh, religion. I have a Mormon temple near me. I don't know if I've talked about this in the show already. Not like where I stayed now, but where I used to stay like five minutes ago. Um, there's a Mormon temple next to my old high school. And um, you could tell because it has like the massive white spire on it. Yeah. And I would occasionally like run into some American Mormons and they would accost me to like try and rope me into their fucking dumb cult. And I would just like ask basic questions. So, how, what does your uh, church think about gay people? And you could tell that like makes them very uncomfortable. Ooh. Not because they're like homophobic, but you could tell there, there's literally nothing I can like, say here that makes it sound good. No. My favorite example was. Uh, for those who don't know, when they started accepting black uh, practitioners in yeah. the 70s. Now, I love how it was, I think Carter was going to take away the tax-exempt status. So it's like, we had a vision, black people are okay to join. It's There's a lot of, yeah, Mormonism has got a fucked up history. And there are a lot in Toronto, but honestly, the only difference between a cult and a religion is time. How long has it been around for? That's the only difference. Mormonism's been around for a, a good few years now. It has this like weird term like tie in with America's overall founding. But yeah, unlike Scientology, which has been around for like 40, 50 years. And it is like, yeah, this is purely just so we can make money. Yeah, no, but it, like I said, that it's so weird in some places that's considered a cult and not in America. Well, I guess money, money talks bullshit walks, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's kind of really all we're going to talk about the movie itself. Cause like, I, I really just, I was kind of zoning out a lot while watching it because there was just not, there's really not much going on. Although I will say uh, the box office of this film is why now I don't believe this for a fucking minute. 
I know in America there's this huge cottage industry of conservative-focused entertainment. It's entirely sold on the back that it's anti-woke and, like, pure flexes around because of that. Like, And it's a cottage industry that only exists in America. And it's so fast. And so there are movies that do become successful because of that. God's Not Dead was a big hit because of that. Yeah, we've uh, made fun of them before, but that seems to be like a specifically um, American phenomenon. Not just Christian movies, but conservative movies, like Dinesh D'Souza movies, Kurt Cameron movies. Yeah. Very rarely one of them will like make it big and get like a proper distribution. This is one of them, even though you could tell like the box office has been completely fudged. Yeah, so for the film cost 14, 14.5, so around $15 million dollars which is, I mean, it looks good for $15 million, no shame there. It has made $231 million, which is a phenomenal yeah, that's success. But now, knowing, if for those who don't know anything about Right Wing, um, now this was a film that had a lot of push from particularly conservative commentators. We had uh, Elon Musk, Dana White, Mel Gibson, Ben Shapiro, uh, Tim Tebow, surprisingly, which is hilarious. But uh, yeah, even Donald Trump has had screenings of this film. And if you know anything about right-wing media, the Koch brothers, all those boys, they know how to pull some strings and maybe throw a little money around here and there. So I firmly believe this is some inflationary bullshit. This is what a lot of conservative writers who make books do. Don Jr.'s book very famously got in trouble for this, where they just artificially buy tickets for the film. Yeah, Donald Trump himself has also like recently got in trouble of vastly overstating his wealth. Comments and several things. Yeah, I was trying to figure when I saw what what was he in court for this time because it's there's too many fucking lawsuits at this point. <laughs> I yes, fucking can't keep track. Like, it's it's yeah. Like, I can't keep. Uh, is that old? Uh, I can't hold on the these. Rape uh, what is that, it means. is that the rape charge? Is that the Rico charge? I have to fucking go. Yeah. yeah, I need a fucking spreadsheet yeah. to track it. He's yeah. in court more than a. He should just live at the courthouse at this point. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, let's just do everything at once. Yeah. Doesn't your uh, brother have a funny story oh, about going yeah. to see so this? This yeah. is partly why I think this is bullshit. So this film, it played. My brother lives in London, Ontario. He went to go see this film because. If fuck it, he'd heard about it and he likes to go to the movies, you know. It was sold out. He was like, he was like almost sold out. I was like, okay, fuck, there's going to be people here. One other person showed up and it was an old man. <laughs> this old man spends so my fucking 20 year old brother with this old fucking crotchety asshole. And he was like looking at this, like, why the fuck are all the seats sold for a movie that no one's at? Now, this is all speculation, but I mean. I, I feel like they need to do for the box office, they need to put like the dagger that the New York Times does when they find out the book was inflated. They need to do that this year when we go down the box office shit. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, box office controversy like fairly recently. Um, Disney's gone to a lot of shit for like, artificially boosting its box office. Dana White bought like literally every UFC employee a ticket to this movie. And, and it doesn't matter if like one guy fucking takes that ticket. He's already spent like stupid amounts of money. It's yeah. already been bought. We get the money. And yeah, that full theater. And the, my favorite fucking thing I read, there was a lot of people like, can't get tickets to Sound of Freedom. There's a conspiracy. And and the fucking distributor <laughs> has to come out and say, hey, everyone, stop treating fucking employees, theater employees like assholes. We need to keep the gravy train going. We may actually yeah, be it's... a real studio by the end of this. Don't fuck this up for us. Maga people are some of those obnoxious fucking shitheads who run across. I was watching this, um, 
like American stand-up comic doing um like a laugh too. factory, but yeah, and there was some like annoying MAGA couple in the audience who've been shot the fuck up. Very confrontational. Is this is this how you guys always are? No. Yeah, because I'm more into this. This is fun. I want to find out how mentally ill people make it in society. This is Why are you so angry? Did you guys lose three dollars today? so you can be a little bit more calm. Uh, how am I supposed to do my show at this point? You guys have ruined the evening for everyone. Fun. I get paid regardless. <laughs> guys, you know this is crazy right now, right? He handled yeah. it fucking brilliantly for... Because you see guys that get heckled, they shut down. This guy made it a part of his bit. Fucking handled it, friend. Made them look like pieces of shit, and he looked great, so he wins. Yeah, and, and imagine you're some greasy 16-year-old who walks in from a cinema chain oh, that's being accosted by a flood of those fucking people. Oh, fuck, I feel... Yeah, no, it's, it's always... Yeah, just look up Karen videos. Like, they're all fucking Donald Trump supporters, usually. Yeah. <laughs> those old... Fuck, that old fucking meme. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... So it's to, um... So to wrap this up, we watched this on, um, like, quote-unquote VOD. We didn't get to see the uh, Jim Caviezel mid-credits scene. Uh. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, if you were lucky enough to go see this in theaters, I'm sure, I'm sure our audience definitely would gladly shell out money to go see this. But there's a video in the credits with Jim Caviezel. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's insane. You know, Steve Jobs once said, the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. Abraham Lincoln credited Harriet Stowe when she wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. This powerful story inspired millions to rise up and fight against slavery. I think we can make Sound of Freedom the Uncle Tom's Cabin of 21st century slavery. The most powerful person in this world is the storyteller. Together, we have a chance to make these two kids and the countless children that they represent the most powerful people in the world by telling their story in a way only the cinema can do. For a couple of months, while Sound of Freedom is in theaters, these kids can be more powerful than the cartel kingpins or presidents or congressmen or even tech billionaires. Now, I know it's weird because we're in the theater, but feel free to pull out your phones and scan this QR code. We don't want finances to be the reason someone doesn't see this movie, so Angel Studios boldly has set up a pay it forward program where you can pay for someone else's ticket who might not otherwise see it. If you're able, we invite you to pay it forward by buying a ticket for someone else, or if your budget is tight, share the already available free tickets with as many friends as you can, or do both. Join us and millions of others as we ring sound of freedom and hope throughout the world. It's almost like multimedia marketing where he's like, go to this website and buy tickets for other people to go see this movie. It's fucking bizarre and it's another reason I, I, I like, I think there's a lot of fucking uh, money, money exchanging hands on this thing. This is, um, I really can't wait when all the fucking dust is settled, what's gonna come of this. It's supposed to be like a wholesome pay it forward thing. But you could tell, like, this is purely going into fucking some asshole's pocket. Yeah. And that's what's so funny about Ballard as a character. He is just a pure grifter because he wanted to make, like, a fucking TV show out of the success of this. To get into that, we're done with the fucking movie. Um, so, now, one of the reasons that 
this we wanted to do this is we talked about Vice, who has been putting out some very great um, coverage on Tim Ballard and the whole saga involving him, uh, and it has fucking it. He's had like the worst week of his life. It came out uh, around the time the film was coming out that he was leaving. Um, Underground Railroad, which, by the way, the fact that he calls his fucking organization Underground Railroad is so insulting to me. Harriet Tubman just saved black people. I'm here to save the children, you fucking dick. Jeez, I fucking hate this man. I'm sorry. Especially what we're going to get into. I fucking hate this man. Um, so he he left the he left the place. He left uh, Underground Railroad. And um, it turns out the reason he left was he was being investigated by multiple volunteers who work for him. So the whole thing about his, uh, you know, they would pretend to be his wife during these so-and-so ops. And he would force them to sleep in the same bed, shower with them, basically sexually accosted them. Uh, six women, I think, right now have come forward with very, very bad stories. Uh, very harrowing. And he was being investigated and he fucking cut tail and run. So that's partly why he left. Uh, this didn't come out until recently. Vice put that out. And uh, during that time... So it's still funny to me that this so-called destroyer of the sex offenders is a sex offender it's 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 just pure projection this whole fucking movie and everything around it is just goddamn projection but at the producers as well was like openly admitted to groping oh. like some 16 year old um oh, child sex slave oh, by the way he's not, uh, he's not the only producer by the way yeah i want to uh, tell that story in a minute but i want to tell this one so uh, okay um so this is gonna be fucking awful i apologize buckle up uh so the uh one of the producers of this film paul hitchinson who's an executive producer in the film this film has like 50 executive producers it's like yeah. the fucking bruce willis vod movie it has like 35 producers it's fucking ridiculous but um so during a raid in uh cabo st lucas mexico which is basically a fucking resort town if you don't know what Cabo St. Lucas is, which is hilarious. Like, I just, these fucking unhinged Mormons with guns just trolling through Mexico. It's someone who actually was level-headed, wrote a script. They could make an amazing horror film about that. Yeah, it's like that resort from the fucking, um... What was that brand, like, last Brandon Cronenberg movie? Oh, uh, Infinity Where all the rich fucks go. Yeah, that's like the resort from that. That's where all the this, rich fucks go. This is something out of Infinity Pool. Let me get into this now. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Cronenberg would look at this and think, you sick bastard. <laughs> so, um, so apparently what happened was they were in Cabo St. Lucas. Uh, they were looking for a pimp. And uh, he like he basically went up to this bar and said, show me some younger girls. We want younger, younger uh... girls. Yeah, oh, it gets worse. I did some recon. And one of the guys groped uh, one of the ladies. And he came out and he told his men, they felt, six, they felt like they were 16. He's talking about yep. women, women's breasts. I should point that out. They felt like they were 16. Oh my God. That is, that's a bad sentence. Cause that tells me you've done this before. Yeah, this is very much like when you play a character for so long, you just become that character. It's, um, yeah, this is fucking grim, man. This is like, this is probably, like, we've talked about what fucked up movies in this. Like Salo and shit, but that is probably one of the greatest episodes we've done for a long time. The difference is, is those movies are at least about, like, Salo, for as brutal as it is, is about how awful these people are. These are the yeah, awful is... people telling you that they're brilliant, which is, yeah. oh, they felt like they were 16. That'll haunt me for a long fucking time, that line. Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, and it's just... 
There was also some stories here. There's another great one here where they're talking about they used a psychic for intelligence. They were looking for a child who they never found this kid, by the way. I no, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, uh, but th they would like tell we her. We approached Mystic Meg to find a day full of kids and whoops, we, you know, we lost them. It gets worse because uh, they were in contact with the child's family and told them they had high secret intel when they were just getting yeah. fucking results from a goddamn psychic it's it's horrible it's, it's so horrible stuff. yeah and Ballard used to be in the fucking department of homeland security which have like like if you're involved in that world you're just like surrounded by intel and fucking spreadsheets and shit whereas like, he leaves and starts consulting fucking mystics it's like what the fuck are you doing man like how do, like if, if you're the type of person the government is employing then fuck me man no wonder fucking child sex trafficking is still a thing it's it's awful and also i love one of the backers of this film so like the executive producer leo savino one of the producers um was caught uh grooming a uh a bunch of children he there's a couple people as well a backer of the film a, a kickstarter backer was accused was charged with felony child kidnapping so, uh, yeah, this is this, this is only three like, people who've been accused of shit. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, Christians love doing this when it's like everything is pedophilia except actual pedophilia. Yeah, the, the, and the, it's like, yeah, gays are deviants, trans people fuck kids, but when we do it, it's not actually that bad. Yeah, Fabia Martina is the guy's name. Marta, so uh, fuck this guy, 51 years old, uh, just want to give his name out there for all y'all calling the piece of shit. Uh, but yeah, no, pedophilia is coming from inside the walls, apparently. Um, that's what's so fucking funny is like you, you associate with a church and you're not fucking pedophiles. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. That's what's really insidious about this movie. The bad guy isn't the fucking Eric Epstein or the Catholic Church or anything. No, it's a bunch of um bunch of communists how to get in the fucking it's brown people. Yeah. It's the white man's this is white savior fucking shit. I know people like Yeah, this is this, this is, is a total white savior savior shit. Also I wanna bring this up just for a little bit of uh comical humor, uh just because we're talking about a lot of grim shit right now. Um so the Mormon church now apparently the Mormon church after these allegations came out of him um cheating on his wife. Now apparently Mormons do not like, they have no tolerance for um, infidelity. So they deny. Which is funny because, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the, this church, they publicly denounced him, uh, his church. That really fucking struck a nerve because he came out and basically said, he, he's starting to kind of lose his mind because I really do think he's built up this messiah complex. He's basically saying, the church is bullshit. I'm the real fucking savior, which is, that's not a healthy mindset, I'd argue. I mean,. He's had his yes. ego stroked for so long that I now that everything's crumbling down, I feel like he's going to snap. Yeah, he's doing the Mel Gibson thing of uh, the Pope is uh, fake and gay. Um, the current Catholic Church is illegitimate. I'm the real fucking true believer. That's what um, Tim Ballard is doing. He's doing the fucking um, uh, I'm Joseph Smith reincarnate. Yeah. I'm the real fucking Christ head. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been uh, excommunicated from the from his church. Uh, yeah, and uh, conservatives surprisingly have uh, rushed his defence. They love doing now. They love finding the worst pieces of shit and just like, building a wall around the Brussels brand as well. Like immediately when those oh. fucking allegations hit, like 
everyone from Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, like all your favorite talking heads just immediately defend him, defend him. Uh, Get the best opinions, defend him. God, it's going to be so funny when he gets arrested and then they're going to have to <laughs> walk all that shit. Because I know the UK police department, I've been reading about that, the 16-year-old girl. Uh, it's it's looking fucking, it's looking awful. God, yeah, this and, is um, a fucking awful episode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so many bad people. Britain has very stringent libel laws. This isn't like America where you can call Joe Biden a pedophile on your podcast. If you do that here, you're going to court. Yeah. So it's like, if, and if you're it, accusing someone of doing that, then yeah, there is like there is some like precedence for it. God damn it! What's the last movie he was in before he fucking like? <sighs> the last thing I saw him in was some like Poirot movie from I think it was last year. Yeah, he so, was in that. That was shot like in 2020, yeah. though. So, but it's yeah, it's yeah. so funny. He like after he his film career dropped, he went to fucking do like online propaganda. And, oh yeah, surprise, surprise. Oh, That's, everyone uh, does that, but uh, no, this yeah. is oh, it's gonna be fun as shit. To see that go through the court system. Oh yeah. boy. And but by the way, for those who don't know, also just to go back to Tim Ballard, uh, another reason he was excommunicated, he sent very raunchy pictures of himself, and I have them. I have pictures of him sending underwear selfies, so <laughs> I may even use them for the thumbnail because they're fucking hilarious. Because he's he, yeah. he's like a dumpy, he's got these tats. He looks like a dude. He looks like a tats he just got out of prison wearing. It's hilarious. I'm a tough guy. I gotta get some tats. Yeah, he looks like uh, Robert De Niro at the start of uh, Cape Fear coming really... out of the prison with the uh, thunder clouds behind him. Way dumpier, though. No, not as cut, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He he has like the Elon Musk build, but he's built like a 1950s fridge. <laughs> uh, I've not heard that one. I like that one a lot. He's yeah. built like a 50s Oh, God, he looks terrible. Why yeah. is it that like, yeah. the most manly men who they think they're so manly, they look so ugly when they're shirtless? All of them. Yeah, Joe Rogan as well. He looks like one of the goblins from, uh, what do they call him, from Lord of the Rings, the orcs. He looks like one of them. Yeah, the fucking, uh, yeah, the Urukai. Like, he's, he's been genetically evolved to, like, look like a fucking uh, freak, yeah. Uh... All, the, all that fucking shark and ape testosterone. And that's what happens when you hang around yeah. Dana White for too long. That's what happens. He's doing the uh, GT4 thing, but he's injecting a... Uh, like sharp testosterone into his uh, ball sack. Yeah, we've, you so, know, Elon Musk is like, for those who don't know, that was another news story. I didn't really feel like covering it, but the um, he was at the border and his nip, his nipples were protruding. He looks yeah. like he... Um, Elon Musk nipples protruding out of his t-shirt. Very disrespectful. He looked like fucking butthead. They're that great picture of the side-by-side -side where he just looks like a fucking, he looks like a... A neck bearded. He does, yeah. He's yeah, he's one of those people. He looks like forward facing Bojack Horseman. Yeah, he's um. He looks like the older he gets, the like the more fucked up he becomes. Slowly turning into one of those like those, like create a character figures, some like Elder Scrolls Oblivion yeah. of just like the fucked up face. Is uh, man, he, yeah, that's so also, good. That's also when you mix a bad diet, uh, escalating drug use, uh, even on a good day, it's not going to end well. So. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we 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 need to talk about that. We need a break from Elon Musk. I think we all do yeah. at this point. But uh, by the way, just to go back real quick, makes me want to. See, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. We're talking about all these how awful these guys look. I want to see Ben Shapiro shirtless now. I got it. Apparently, he's getting swole for some reason. He's probably self-medicating with something. He, yeah, he that's must hate yeah. His fucking life. I mean, think about he, it. He's got to go out there. Yeah, and, he's 
Fucking people deny trans people fucking uh, hormones, but he's like also fucking pumping them into himself, Bane style, to get swole. That's the only way he can do it. Well, I mean, also, it's um, you do that because Jewish guy defending Kanye West. Yeah. You're gonna probably find ways to self medicate to get through the day. I mean, fuck. But yeah, uh, yeah, this is uh, this has been a terrible, terribly fucked up episode. <laughs> yeah, this is uh... awful, awful people. Uh, it's been uh, it's been grim. So, like one last thing I'll say about the movie is the scene at the end where uh, Jim Caviezel morphs into Tim Ballard as like oh one of the most God. fucking. Yeah, yeah. There's literally nothing I like. Ballard has this like oh like incredibly square jaw, That's and and fucking Caviezel was like. He kind of looks like me a bit. He has like a nice chiseled jaw. You, you couldn't have found like anyone else to fucking like play that guy. Apparently, I had read uh, the director went to other actors, but Tim was very adamant. No. Yeah. Jim, and he's like, you understand, you look nothing alike. You know who should have played him if he was still alive? Who? Uh, Robert Zadar, because oh. he also has the massive shine thing. Yeah, that would have been. That's the great, like, sleazy exploitation film this could have been. It's directed by, like, yeah. made Roger Corman's an executive producer. <laughs> I'm picturing in my head, it's yeah. awesome. Fucking yeah, Don, just Maniac Cop 4. Yeah. Talking about how he is, it's fucking great. Uh, uh, so, that's Sound of Freedom. Uh, would you recommend it to the audience? No, I'm giving this the, uh, the Cisco and Ebert thumbs down. This is, uh... uh I, I, this yeah. film is abhorrent. And it was a, as a film itself, it's, it had not had all this shit tied to it. It would have just gone straight to video. No one would have fucking cared. Uh, it would have just wallowed in the DTV, you know, in the VOD library in obscurity. But the fact it got all of this coverage from these right-wing figures, had all this money attached to it, and now all the people involved are being, are being outed as being complete fucking creeps, it gives it this yeah. level of... It's one of the more vile things we've covered. The more I've sit down, like, we've covered a lot of bad shit on this show. We've talked about fucking Seagal raping women. We've talked about yeah. Mel Gibson. We've we've never had anything like this. This is a true That's... rabbit hole of horror, this fucking thing. Yeah, it's a, a life of slime to the sword edge, a pretty repulsive movie. And, um, yeah, this is the future of uh, conservative filmmaking, because yeah. that's, that's what's so fun about um, movies now. Is it's the fucking um, reject thing of like people need their own industries now. Like, it's not enough that like Hollywood makes like dumb boomer shooters now. Conservatives need a conservative Hollywood to make all their um, based anti pedo movies. That's what you're seeing now a complete decoupling from like the regular Hollywood system. Which is weird. It used to be, you know, you look back at like 70s and the 80s, you had people like you know, Dirty Harry, you had so many conservative leaning films back in the day and it seems like now that i mean but like i said those guys like someone like clint eastwood is a lot smarter than 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 the people who made this film like, at least self-aware and, and even back then even conservative exploitation back then like the movies the canon films made and they have a like even if their politics are repulsive even if michael winter's behind the camera there's a level of sheer mayhem and craziness to it that makes it fun even if you're not into the politics you can have fun with it there's no yeah, fun to be had with this fucking movie it's just just a nightmare 
Yeah, that's because uh, Golan and Globus were smart enough not to forefront the politics, whereas the people like the conservatives that make movies now, they, they can't help themselves. No. This needs to be first and foremost an anti-pedal movie. And it's like, if this was just taking this and be like, yeah, fine, well, we're just done action movie, but no, this has to be this like, thought-provoking fucking like, movie. And I've said it before, if you need Jim Caviezel to tell you that fucking kids is bad, then yeah, you... um. Take a long, hard look at yourself. I really think you should have told that the people who made this film. I feel like they were the ones who made yeah. it more than I were. But it's it's awful. Um, it, it'll be fun to see what what comes from the success of this film. Because I've said we're gonna see we're gonna see some very interesting uh, things going forward. If I had the money, I would do a sequel to this. But it's just about Tim Ballard being accused of uh, sexual harassment. Oh, so it's basically the sequel to the the social network that everyone. <laughs> yeah, fair uh, Yeah. I, I think even David Fincher has actually thought about actually doing that. Come on, Fincher. Do come it. on. Do it, motherfucker. I, I know you don't like sequels, but come on, give Stop us, give us Netflix that. Movies, goddamn it! Give <laughs> us fucking that. I'll even, I'll even put up with an Aaron Sorkin screenplay. I don't give a fuck. That movie needs to get made. Um, yeah. Probably the saddest episode we've done. Uh, we'll definitely be doing something much lighter. Uh, next time, but uh, yeah, the, the next time will be our uh, Halloween movie, so um, then yeah, that'll be unless we pick something yeah. really fucking depressing. <laughs> yeah, God help us all. Have a good day and stay safe. State of Florida has asked us to disclose our sexual crimes to you. We were bad, but now we're good. We're moving into your neighborhood. You know, we're trying our best to be functioning members of society. I'm Larry Art Howard, and I'll refrain from touching my neighbor's kids again. What I did was not too kind, but I'm a nice guy you'll come to find. I've got a backyard and a real nice pool. Y'all should come over for a barbecue. We can make some cold drinks in my blender, but do keep in mind that I'm a sex offender. <laughs>